Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week we're talking about Pompeii's skyline, purple pens and an interview with Chris Laney from Positive Change Consultancy. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by the man who owns the world record for the most purple pens, Chris Dames. Oh yeah, I love a purple pen. And I'm joined by a girl who assumed there were skyscrapers in Pompeii. I think <laughs> So do you want to explain the skyscrapers in Pompeii comment? We were watching the, um, the, the video for the song Pompeii. Yeah. And by Bear Steel, uh, oh, listeners. Uh, no, no, no. Can we just can we just comment on how great song that is? It's almost song. as good as my favourite current song at the minute, Portugal and the Man. Feel it still. That is a mm. great track. Mm. What, what's better, Pompeii? Unofficial podcast question of the week, listeners. What's better, Pompeii or Feel It Still? Um, I don't know. Pompeii was like really popular a little while back, and I still love it. I still love it. Yeah. So we were watching the video for Pompeii and. Like, I said, oh, this song's about Pompeii. And he misheard me. He said, what, you think there's skyscrapers in Pompeii? You did say that. No, I didn't. You said there were skyscrapers in Pompeii. No, I said there were skyscrapers in the video. There were skyscrapers in the Pompeii video, you said? Yes. All right, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I wonder why they didn't just make it like uh, the video a historical reenactment of... Pompeii. Half I don't know. Were burned to death. Uh, well, I'm not saying make it like particularly realistic. <laughs> like Game of Thrones don't actually kill people, do they? Or, sure I, d- I don't know. Some of it is quite gory. So, and and listeners, can I just make an announcement? I'm really pleased about this. If you see me in real life, you can talk to me about Game of Thrones now, because Charlotte, I'm fully caught up. I know. I'm waiting for season eight now. I'm desperate to watch it. it. It's a bit good. Should we talk about purple pens? Purple pens. Should we talk about purple pens? Purple. So I did, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my little act of kindness, if you don't mind. What? So I, I did. Um, we, uh, we ordered loads of purple pens for the <laughs> business, and literally, so they're they're uh, business branded. They've got the business logo. A logo purple um and I, I sort of give them out quite widely and they're everywhere aren't they i, I take them as well yeah, I, give got... them, I give them out at school because people are always like oh my pens run out i just give them out just gonna just uh, they're meant to be a corporate thing I, why are you giving out pens at school you never know who's gonna see it oh yeah because we've got loads of clients who are school kids that's uh i didn't say school kids they could be parents i uh, could be could be you're right so anyway that's not your school's not the most unusual place that a Cervelo purple pen has been used because we did an event in our London office and the guy who runs our office in in London is like the facilities manager Mm -hmm. of the office I left a bunch of pens there and um, next time I was in he said "Uh, you've got sort of 80 pens here Uh, I do I mean Louis is such an awesome guy Mm. Um, he does uh, it's South American originally and he does this um pen run so what he does is he gets all um stationary paper pads pens clothes socks hats that people aren't using in the uk and gives it to less well-off schools in ecuador uh, or guatemala and, and he goes to different south south american places every time he goes over um and he said to me can I take your sort of 50 or 60 purple pens and take them to Guatemala and give them to the kids in schools? And I went, of course not, they're my pens. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said... I was like, 
selfish. I said, please do. Uh, not only because it was a kind thing to do, but also because I just love the image of our pens being used by a bunch of school kids in South America going, what, what's this like? What's this website? Oh, what's this funny little sugar number? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that uh, we have got a lot of purple pens, but also we're adding purple books now. We're getting some purple notepads. So I'm quite excited about that. I, I'm really sad getting excited about stationery. I don't know. No, I've got like 40 notebooks and I, I never like to bin them because I like to go back through them and kind of piece together all my old ideas yeah and i like to um do you, where do you keep your notebooks yeah i have a backpack and i just fill this backpack I, well you've got so many books in your backpack you're not the hunchback of notre dame you keep on would you like to tell our listeners about how they can get in touch with us yes i would okay go on then okay so um the twitter is <laughs> go on <laughs> hola <laughs> hola <laughs> is at hola kindness <laughs> Just Do you want to spell it? H O L A kindness ow my ankle. Um H O L A kindness ow my ankle. I didn't realise. I didn't realise. Why? Why did we pick that Twitter handle at H O L A kindness ow my ankle? Oh, I, oh, I accidentally said it once, so you know. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not the ow my ankle bit. So holla holla kindness is our Twitter. You can uh, get in touch with you on Twitter. Oh yes, at Charlotte J Dame C H R L O T T E space. Is it space? No, there's no space. <laughs> no, there is no space in a Twitter handle. Well, there should be. We've been doing this now for nearly twenty weeks, and we still can't get our Twitter handles right. What is going on? Well, there should be a space, but C H R L O T T E J D A E M S. And my Twitter handle is Chris No Space D A E M S, and I'm on Twitter. And you can we've got an email address as well. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Do you know where it is? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a no. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. Um, Ola at the kindnessproject.co.uk. I think you're right. Um, so so that's fine. So please feel free. We've got a Facebook group. We've got a website, www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. Where's the Ola? Um, there's no Ola in that. Or Holla. Um, so if, if, whether or not you put the H in is entirely up to you. And please feel free to get in touch because we really rely on you getting involved in our stories of kindness because you share stories of kindness with us all the time which is great without you guys the end of our show would be so bland that it's actually bad well at the end of the show suddenly turns into the majority of the podcast because people really get involved and we we thank you for that i really appreciate it and stories of kindness but also people really really get stuck in on the question of the podcast what is it what is it so the question of the podcast this week is if you could steal one skill or attribute from each of your parents what would it be now i literally just thought of that question uh just before the podcast oh yeah because i was i was dying to do an intro you wanted you wanted to do another intro didn't you i've still got four intros for you backed up all right don't worry we'll we'll, we'll i'm sure we'll get round to them we've got loads of uh, uh the kindness project podcast recordings to go but what give me your thoughts on that what attributes would you take from mummy um i don't know um her cooking skills. Okay, so you'd... Because if I was too similar to mum, I think we'd headbutt a lot more often than we do. <laughs> 
Headbutt? <laughs> you know when, what I mean? when do you headbutt? You know what I mean? Yeah, butt heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. You've just written my next introduction of the podcast. Charlotte Dames. <laughs> who, thinks, who thinks butting heads and headbutting are the same don't thing. Um, but yeah. Okay, so so cooking skills. Well, I tell you what, don't tell me what you'd uh, what skill or attribute you'd pinch from me. Your confidence, obviously. Uh, confidence, okay. Because we'll talk about that next time um, when we give everybody else's answers. But um, enough of that really intelligent debate, not. Should we get on with the show? So it's that time of the podcast again, Charlotte, that we talk kindness news. And I know that we've got... Um, a jingle. A jingle. So do you want to start the jingle? You know what edition it is? Ready, ready, ready? Huh. <coughs> kindness news. Travel edition. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> do, you like, <laughs> do you like the sound effects? Nice edition. Uh, bing bong. I'm going to try and do a sound effect uh, on, on every podcast. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, tell us about your travel-related kindness news. Okay, so it's called Make Their Morning. Okay. The morning commute is rarely a pleasant experience. Okay. The commuters making their way through Earl's Court tube station in London last November received a heartwarming message <laughs> to cheer them up during Monday's rush hour. The station's thought for the day, written on a whiteboard near the entrance, read, Yeah, you, yes, you, the one reading this. You are beautiful, kind, sweet, amazing, and simply the best at being you. Never forget that. Um, so I've got a story to tell about that, which is another bit of kindness news travel edition. I, um, we went to Scotland a little while ago, didn't we? Yeah. So you guys stayed up there, and I flew back. Um, from Edinburgh to City Airport on the way back because I had to get back through for, for work. Um, and I got off the plane, uh, got onto the Docklands Light Railway yep. and the uh, station announcer jumped on the tannoy and he went like this. Hi, how you doing today? Hope you're doing good. I hope you're well. It's nearly the end of the day. You can go home, see the family, give them a kiss, give them a cuddle. And literally at every single stop, he just had this like lovely tone. So anyway, three stops in, he went, um, oh, so uh, tomorrow's Valentine's Day and uh, I'm on this morning with um, Philip Schofield and, um, is it Fern? No, it's not Fern. Is it Fern Cotton or Fern? Don't I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he was on this morning, right? And the reason he was on this morning is because he's known as the Mr. Smooth of the DLR. So what he does is instead of just going, this is, uh, this is City Airport, or this is Royal Docks or this is Lewisham he goes on and goes hi hope you're doing well hope your day's good <laughs> now how more pleasant is that to travel with than just next stop next stop Lewisham I mean I, I, I think they, sh they should recruit more people who who are Mr Smooth so hopefully we can get this podcast out to Mr Smooth because it'd be good to have on the podcast oh, wouldn't yeah, it because be so yeah, yeah just having a really smooth I mean obviously we're smooth and sophisticated no nah. no we're not um so may, maybe we need a Mr Smooth on the podcast so that's it for this week's travel edition of Kindness News yeah um see you next time on Kindness News so um we've got an interview this week okay uh <laughs> Chris Laney uh now Chris runs a training business yep 
but instead of it being a for-profit company it's actually a community interest company and a lot of the work she does is with community groups empowering them to be more confident uh, more assertive and coaching them to live happier healthier more communicative better lives what do you think of that it's cool yeah she does some really good work so should we listen to the interview Yes, please. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, Chris. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's going to be weird having two Chrises on the podcast, isn't it? Because there's going to be a lot of lot of Chrises mentioned on this, which uh, I, I think people know the difference, right? My my voice is a slightly bit deeper than yours, but um, I can live with that. So it's a Friday we're recording this. What are you up to over the weekend? Um, over the weekend tomorrow, I'm actually going to a George Michael tribute. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a Valentine's special. Okay. Um, with my husband, who doesn't like George Michael, so that that'd be, be that'd be good fun, would it? That'd be good fun. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And the the reason the reason I wanted you to come on is because you are genuinely one of the kindest people I know. Oh. Every time we talk, um, you tell me something else you've done that's kind, but. Uh, obviously our listeners don't know, know that yet so tell us a little bit about you so a bit about me is uh, I worked corporately for 25 years okay um, I run cultural change programs and leadership development for people okay and I got made redundant 11 years ago mm. uh, which was the best thing that ever happened to me okay. because it was quite stressful but I learnt lots of skills so yeah. I decided that everything that I knew from business I would take into the community okay. so now I'm doing what I love yeah. which is working with people that need help okay okay and do you think you would have i mean it's always an interesting one because I've had a bit of corporate life before setting the business up do you think you would have done what you're doing now without that corporate experience um i don't think i've been as good as i am without the corporate experience so even though you fight against it it taught me how to be a project manager yeah it taught me how to manage finance people's money yeah um it taught me a lot about people so actually it sort of added to me yeah so you spend your time now helping people who need it um how do you do that so um, originally we just set up as a normal company yeah. and we got a grant from Barking and Dagenham Council okay. and we ran a reminiscence project which, which essentially is telling people's stories okay. and we did it through photographs and I soon realised that that's where I wanted to be. Okay. Um, these were isolated older people that came out to us once a week and we created a wonderful book of their lives for their families and themselves and I just knew that I wanted to be in that space space, so after quite a lot of juggling around and just getting bits of money from people we decided to set up as a CIC so that we were not for profit Um, and then we sort of have started from there but then that gives you other problems so we didn't have any funding history gotcha. um, and now we have so yeah. we're going for larger pots of money to yeah. help more people and tell me about that original project so it's really yeah. interesting yeah. the people who you help they're not seeing people day to day are they no that's got to be so t- tough yeah, and it was for varying reasons. We decided to do it 50 plus okay. um, just because I had an experience myself with my uncle who was very ill and I went to see him in Australia yep. 
And when I got there, he wasn't in a great place because he had terminal cancer. And I asked him, did he have any photographs of my mum thinking about my work and what I did? And he said yes. And we started to look through our history mm. and it changed him from someone that was quite depressed to someone that was quite upbeat and yeah. he talked about everything. And it kind of gave me the idea that you could coach people through their stories. Yeah. And that's what we did. I think stories are powerful, right? Mm, yeah, amazing. stories are really, really important. Was the visual impact of having those memories and having the stories quite powerful? You know, having a project based on photos instead of just the, the, the stories. Yeah, and it wasn't scary for people. So yeah. if I said to ladies 50 plus, we're going to teach you skills and we're going to coach you, yeah. they wouldn't have come. Yeah, But yeah. it was a reminiscence project. And what we yeah. did is whatever came out through their photographs, yeah. we would show them just a simple, simple model. Yeah to help them understand how they were feeling. Okay. Because actually when we understand how we feel, a lot changes. Okay. Um, and one of the themes that came out was bereavement. Yeah. So a lot of the ladies that were 50, 55 had recently been bereaved. Yeah. And actually they're learning to live with life in a different way, which yeah. is why they become isolated. Gotcha. So yeah. something happens, you know, big life change, change. like that, and it, it just has a massive impact. Um, and what projects are you working on at the minute? So we've just finished two projects. Okay. One was um, with young people with autism and learning disabilities, and that was to help them be able to tell their stories to people. Yeah. And we had um, the final bit at International Day of Disability yeah. on the 1st of December where they received their albums, which they'd made. Okay. And they actually talked to people about what it was like to be them, Love which it. was amazing. I don't, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a show on the telly at the minute called Hunted. Uh, it's about, uh, they, what they do is, they it's on Channel 4, it's just finished as we're recording this, and they send eight people out on the run. And they've got like the MI5 and ex-police chasing them and stuff like that. There was two guys who, who went on the run, a dad who was in his 60s and a son who was 26 who was autistic um, and didn't have... His dad was quite an extrovert, but because of, the, uh, because, because of the autism, the son really struggled to communic communicate with people. And it was weird that how this experience was bonding um, and um, powerful for both the, f the father and the son. Um, but like t two weeks ago they um, decided to split up. So the boy's gone on his own. First time in his life, really close to his mum. He went on his own and he had to uh, go and ask somebody for help for the first time ever. So he's wandered his, he's on the run, he's wandered into this woman's house and gone, look, I'm doing a TV show for Channel 4 where I go on the run, I've got these hunters chasing me, will you help me, right? And she's gone, yeah, no worries. I'll, you know, what do you need, bed for the night, coffee, tea, whatever. I don't think I've seen anybody so excited in my life. Just that, the fact that he got over that mental barrier of just asking for help and getting it, you know, getting a good result. So yesterday, I, I'd encourage you to watch it and you listeners, yeah. it's an awesome show. Yesterday was the final. Father and son have been separated for um, a couple of weeks. The hunters haven't caught them yet. And they both got to the end point at the same time without the hunters catching them. And it's just seeing that transition from somebody who struggles to communicate well to somebody who's just slightly better was incredible. Um, the show's awesome. It's really dramatic. And I always like the idea of 
thinking, what could I avoid the police? For, I'm not going to commit a crime, Chris. I'm not going to take it that far. But I think the concept is quite an interesting one. Um, but I think what it gave me a real, real insight, especially as an extrovert, is how people can... You know, how communication, something that we take for granted, is really tough for a lot of people. I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. And it is really tough. And it's actually really just talking to people and getting them to tell you. Because if they tell me mm. and Pauline, who I work with, then they're able to tell other people. It gives them that confidence. Yeah, exactly. And also we make a beautiful scrapbook with them, that, which they do. Yeah. We assist. And they've got that to keep. Yeah, it's their yeah. memory. And I think when you make something with somebody as well, it makes them feel special. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. are special, but it makes them feel special, and that's theirs. So that, that leads on to another question. How important is creativity in the work you do? Very, very important. Okay. So I think we're creative in the way we deliver our work okay. and we're creative with what we create. Okay. So we, yeah. we do both things. And I think um, I think someone was saying earlier that you need... You were saying in your presentation earlier, if it doesn't work, change it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a plan. Yeah. And if we go in and that plan isn't right for that day, yeah. then I change it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I give them what they need not what I want to give yeah, them, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so that's, yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a great believer in planning's really important, but actually the plan goes wrong a lot of the time because it's not what's right for that particular period of time. Absolutely. So all of the work you do is impactful and good. Have you got a favourite one, favourite project you've worked on? I think, uh, well, I think they're all my favourites. Okay. Um, I think it's it's really, like your favourite kid, yeah. isn't it? It's just like... Yeah. I think it's really difficult to say this was better than that. Yeah. But what I will say is that every project we learn yeah. loads of stuff about ourselves and others. So I have favourite bits of each. So I think with the young people, what they taught me is how hard it is for some people yeah. just to get up and get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it makes you grateful for your life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the things that are in it. And I think we worked with ladies that were in recovery from drug and alcohol and it made me realise how fortunate we yeah. are that we've got a roof over our head, got people that love us, yeah. um, that help us. So I think, you know... I, you know what? Really interesting. We've interviewed a few people from the podcast now. There's one topic that comes up every single time, and that's gratitude. Mm, Do you know what I mean? If you if you can turn around and say, I'm really lucky, I think it just changes your perspective on life. And certainly I know I am. Seeing people in different situations helps me understand that more. Um, you mentioned earlier about the transition from a typical company to a community interest company. Tell me a little bit about why you made that change. I made that change because I haven't got money yep. to be able to work with these people. Yep. And it's quite hard to fundraise. And yep. I'm not really very good at social media and all that sort of thing. Okay. So I decided... You will be now. You'll be all over Twitter and Facebook once, oh. the, once the podcast <laughs> is out. Well, that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Can you all help me, please? Um, so people like the lottery yeah. and... Um, and Greg's the Bakers, we had a little bit of money from them, okay. which is what we did 
with the kids, with yeah. the young people. Um, it really enables me and Pauline and the people that are involved in positive change to make a difference. Okay. Um, so that's why we decided to change. Okay. Purely selfish, really. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, we could get paid for some of what we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that you know, that's why mm. I decided. And the CIC is a bit different to. Yeah, what's the difference between? So it's not a charity, but okay. it, it kind of has the same sort of status, really. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not for profit. Yeah. So we don't make profit out of what we do. Okay. I know, I know part of your process is just making sure you empower people, okay, empower them with the tools to, to li- live to happier, healthier lives. Does that follow a process? And if so, how does that, how does that look? So if somebody walks in or you're running a, a seminar, is there a broad process that you'd follow to help people? I think the biggest process is to listen okay. to what they need. Okay. So um, we're very interested in how things start off so we always do proper introductions we don't skim over stuff and we theme our weeks so if we do a reminiscence project um, week one is always um, getting to know you bring a picture of you as a baby or a child so if you're 90 that picture's amazing and then everyone talks about their picture and where they started life so everybody in that room gets to know a bit about that person. What would that picture be of you? Um, that picture actually of me is me and my sister laying on the grass. Okay. And we had a dog and we have both got our heads on the dog. Oh, so, but how, how, old, how old was you? Uh, I would say I was five and my sister was one. So, okay. Yeah. So she was tiny then? Yeah, yeah, she was tiny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got quite a good bond, my sister and I. You're still close? Very close. Yeah. My sister, um, sadly, my mum took the lidamide with my sister. Okay. Um, well, not sadly, just, you know, one of those things. So, yeah, we're very close. And obviously, yeah. growing up, we learnt kindness at a, yeah, 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 yeah. a stage where maybe other people don't. Gotcha. Yeah. Because of the yeah, because, relationship yeah, you have with your sister. And, yeah, and because of her disability and, yeah. and the way she was. So, yeah. you know, we used to help her. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was just like taken for granted, really. It's really interesting. I, I think what you do as a kid does inform your perspective as you're older. And I know that um, I've got a mate who's, um, who's blind. One of my best mates is blind. Having a relationship with him um, and seeing him get over that. But I think my photo, there's, there's two, right? So there's one when I was three. So I was born in 77. So the one, the one that I'm thinking of is me dressed as a clown. And I don't know why I was dressed as a clown. At, we had a street party in our street in Cannon Town. And it was um, for Lady Di and Charles's wedding. And I'm, I was, weirdly, it was all in fancy dress. <laughs> it was dressed as a clown. And to this day, my mum and dad still can't tell me why I was dressed that way. So um, sort of that's always going to be a mystery. And then the, the other one is probably when I'm sort of 12, 13. I was in my bedroom. I've got He-Man wallpaper. Um, and I'm playing on my computer, which at the time was like as big as a house. Uh, and I had an afro. Right? I, had, I had this huge amount of hair. I wish I had that hair now. I mean, I'm losing it really quickly. But it's weird how when photos highlight those memories of, of, of when you were a kid. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just really, really interesting. So 
know you've done brilliant work in the past, um, but what's your favourite story of kindness, either from, from something you have done or from somebody else? I think my favourite story is one that my dad did, okay. um, which I witnessed, which was amazing. So we went to A&E, yep. and my dad also is from Canning Town, yeah, so yeah. He's very, he was a docker. And yeah, yeah, same as my dad. Yeah, he's yeah. You know, quite a big sort of... Uh, bouncy guy and we went into A&E and there was a young guy lying on the floor rolling around in pain and everyone was treading over him yeah. walking around him, yeah, yeah. ignoring him and my dad went over, picked him up sat him on a chair, gave him a glass of water yeah. and talked to him awesome uh, and then afterwards he went and told the receptionist that she was out of order like yeah. he would yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he went back and sat with him while we waited okay. and kept him calm Okay. and I said to him dad why did you do that you know, just asking him, and he said, "Cause I could." Yeah. And he needed help. Doesn't so. cost anything either. It's just, it's just a really yeah. nice thing to do, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So I think you know we've learned a lot of kindness from my parents. Yeah. And in terms of, um, it's it's really interesting. So you made me think about my dad now. So my dad's sixty-seven, and he similar like all those guys from the dark. Big beefy geezer, um, sort of. Uh, it, it was a lifestyle, and they they absolutely loved it. Um, but um, he, you know what the weird thing about my dad? Sixty-seven, and I'm forty. Every time I see him, he still gives me a kiss and a cuddle. Yeah. Just like every like that is. And where regards where we are or who, who we're around, yeah. and um, and yeah, we all know that you get those that those life experiences from your parents, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. How about? Um, something that you've done oh something that i've done oh well i've i've been very lucky because my husband's very kind okay and he's um enabled me to be able to do kind things yeah. and i suppose the biggest things we've done is we've taken in people that for one reason or another are losing their homes okay and we've allowed them to stay with us and get on their feet. Gotcha. So, and help them. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I think they're the sort of things that we've done Yeah. That are, just because we could, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, if you've got the ability, if you're lucky enough to have the ability to do something cool, it doesn't need to be big, does no, it? It, it, it can all, need to be. So you've, you've heard the podcast, I right, have. Chris? So I've you, heard a few. You've, you've, you've heard a few, and they don't get any better, <laughs> to be honest. So, so the standard that we're, we're going for now is the standard that we'll, um, we'll carry on. But you know we have a question of the podcast, right, yes. where we ask we some questions and we say, uh, you know, what's going to be the answer for this particular, particular thing? So... What we're doing with all our interviews now, we've talked about kindness, yeah. and we're going to talk about some other stuff, which is um, the question of the podcast. So, uh, the one that's the most contentious at the moment, and the one that I'm getting the most uh, answers for on social media, is best use of an egg. So, what, what in your opinion, is the best use of an egg? To eat or to make something with? Your choice. <laughs> um... There's all sorts of things. So I think a quiche. Quiche? Oh, yeah, we haven't had quiche before. Because it's yeah. quite wholesome and okay. nice and homely. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, you yeah. have to make it, which gotcha. lots of people don't do now. Gotcha. And then if I was thinking about it, it's quite good for glue when you do paper mache. 
Okay, cool. Okay. So, 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 a, so a, a quiche, a quiche isn't one with. I've got a feeling that's going to be controversial. To be honest, yeah. I think quiches are like sort of, they're like marmite. You yeah. either love or hate a quiche. But um, we I had a really good um, suggestion, and it, again, we've not had quiche before. And every time I interview somebody and ask this question, I get a new answer. The one that I had be, uh, when I interviewed a lady called Bernadette Russell, who wrote the little book of kindness, said, "Well, actually, I'm." a vegan so I think the best use of an egg is to make a little chick <laughs> yeah, which, which I thought was a, a good answer if you could be a character from any book um, what would you what character would you choose uh, I think I'd be Mary Poppins okay cool I, lo- I love I love the way she flies up with her umbrella and looks down and sees everything that's going on and then makes a difference okay and um, what's your favorite piece of trivia Ever. My favourite piece of trivia? Oh, I don't know. Uh, what's green and hairy and goes up and down? I uh, don't know. Gooseberry in a lift. <laughs> Not really trivia, but we'll let you have it. We'll okay. let you have it. If you were supreme ruler of the world, yeah. what, would the, what's, what would be the first thing you'd do? The first thing? So you're allowed to make any rule. Mm. What would be the first thing you'd do? I think I would stop people saying they can't. Yeah, okay. Um because usually we can. Okay. And I okay. think if we bear that in mind, it's quite a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a powerful thing. When people get over that barrier, mm. so help me understand that then. So you're working with somebody, how do you support them to get over that barrier from can't to can? Well, if you ask someone a question, so if I said to you, Tamara, you need to go out and do what I do, Chris. Yeah. And I know you're quite extrovert, and you'd probably go, yes. Yeah. Like, okay. But a lot of people go, well, I can't do that. Okay. Why? Why couldn't you do yeah, what yeah, I yeah. do? So it's just breaking it down, really, and making it really simple that we can usually... Because when someone says to me, um, could you come and do a talk? And I think, oh, I can't do that. I, can't, I really can't, but I can. Yeah. So my first initial is can't. Yeah, gotcha. I just change it. Why can't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what would stop me? Just anyway. changing the dialogue in your yeah. own head, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. just me. So I think Khan is a big one. Okay. What's the most inspiring movie you've ever seen? Groundhog Day. Is it? Yeah. You know what? This question always surprises me. Why Groundhog Day? Because his behaviour is so bad that he has to keep reliving the day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it really intrigues me. Um that actually when his behaviour gets better, he gets a great outcome. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, I think so, that's... Because it's led by behaviour, yeah, you, uh, you, re- you really like it. And it's funny. It is, it is yeah. funny. I haven't seen it for ages, you know. I need to, I need to give it a rewatch. Yeah. Um, and I haven't asked this before, but as it sprung to mind, I'm going to ask it now. Um, so we do a podcast question of the week every week, and I'm now running out of ideas. Okay. So... Can you nominate me a really good podcast question of the week that our listeners can answer in future weeks? And it can be as silly, as fun, as insightful as you want. Oh, this is a big question. Um, I think if everyone woke up every day and found one thing that they're grateful for... Okay. um, that would help them. I love that. Yeah, so... So a future podcast question of the week, thanks to you is what's the one thing that you wake up in the morning and you're grateful for. Yeah. I think that's incredibly good. So um, I couldn't have come up with that one. So thank you for that. That's brilliant. Uh, tell us what you're doing next. What's your next big project? So we have um, 
passed two stages of a heritage lottery okay. um, bid that we've done. Okay. And if we get that, it will be telling the stories of people that live in Eastbury Ward in Barking. Okay. Um, and we've also put a small bid in to do some more work with young people. Okay, cool. Um, because we did so many, but there's so many more that are interested in what we did yeah. that we've put in a small bid for that. So they're the two pieces of work. When did you find out? To do. Um, the Heritage Lottery is four more weeks. Okay. Um, the other one should be any day, so we'll start that quite soon. Do you find it's quite a long process, isn't it, applying for tenders? Yes. Um, how do you find that? Horrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's not what I'm made to do. Yeah. So I'm not a um, office-based person yeah, yeah. In, in that way. But I've really retrained myself to do it. And Pauline's really good. So okay. I have the ideas and she gets them down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we kind of really complement one another. Really. You know what, you need... You need yeah, people who are good absolutely. at that sort of stuff. So we're, di- we're very different. Yeah. So I have this idea, and if I don't write it down, I forgot it the next minute because I've got twenty more coming in. I um, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm murder like that. I'm 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 the world's worst. So I walk in and go, right, I've got twenty ideas, and then everybody in the office goes, uh, can we just do one? <laughs> can we just do one that works? I go, yeah, all right. Should we do three? Yeah. Should we do three? We do three. Yeah. And um, where can people find out a little bit more about you? Well, we have a website, which I'm not tech, very techy, but it's um, www.positivechangeconsultancy.com. Yep. You can find us on there. You can email me. Okay. And what we'll do is on the show notes for the podcast, we'll make sure that all Chris's contact details are on there if you want to get in touch with her. Oh, thank so you. thank you for spending some time talking to me about kindness today. I've loved it. Um, I hope you have too. Yeah, I have loved it. And there's one thing I'd love is to hear Cassie on your podcast because you told me she was your inspiration. Well, cer- certainly that Cassie and the kids are. Yeah. You, I, I, you, know, you know what? If I can sort of shoehorn a conversation about casting the kids into anything, I will. Um, uh, And I asked her, because after I spoke to you, I went home and said, would you get involved? I'm still in the persuasion stage at the minute. So (laughs) next time you're near the office, pop in and um, let's see if we can persuade her together. Yeah, that would be great. Cool. And remember, she's probably got imposter syndrome, which you don't have, Chris. (laughs) We had this conversation. I think everybody has imposter syndrome. I think a lot of people have a better show of not having imposter syndrome, and I'm probably one of those people. Maybe. Um, But certainly um, throughout my life, there's times when I've been in situations where I've walked away and gone, I don't know if I deserve this, but certainly uh, I know I'm lucky enough to mentally be able to just go let's do it anyway and let's see how we get on so yeah i'll um i'll make sure we get cassie on a future podcast just for you chris that's good (laughs) all right thank you bye so what did you think of the interview with chris it's good yeah it was good now i certainly learned a lot i didn't know what a community interest organization did before now i do um and it was great to share chris's story uh with our listeners yep it's the end of the podcast. Very dramatic. Are you channeling some sort of movie trailer person there? The yeah. end of the podcast. I feel like I could do a lot better, mate. Go on, go on mate. Um, Off you go. Studios.
the end of the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, are you uh, are you doing a movie trying to cry with the starter? It's the end, the end, the end, the end. <laughs> right, okay. So it is the end of another podcast, um, but not really the end because we do that thing, don't we? Can I, can I say it? Go on. <clears throat> the cough. <laughs> the cough's back. <laughs> do you want do you want some medicine for that or not? I, I, I mean, no, it's no, up to no, you. Don't worry, it's intentional. Oh, oh, is it? All right, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, last week's question answered, this week's answer, last week's answer, this week. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's new. That, oh, the boom's new, I like it. I might add it onto everything. A there. boom. 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 Right. boom. Expect to hear more booms <laughs> in future podcasts, listeners. I don't know why. I mean, boom. Boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> We're booming all over the show now. Right, so last week's question of the podcast answered this week is... Do you want to read it out? If you could go back in time and change one thing about the past, what would it be? Boom. Um, If you could go back in time and change one thing about the past, what would it be? Now, we had loads of answers about this. A lot of them were saying I'd change nothing. So Nigel Mathers, who's a regular contributor um, to the show. Boom. Thanks, (laughs) Nigel. Boom. (laughs) Nigel Boom Boom Mathers. I've just given him a, a nickname. Uh, thank you, Nigel Boom Boom Mathers. Um, uh, uh, Charlotte the Boom Girl Days. <laughs> um, so Nigel said, I would go back in time and invent a time machine that would take me into the future to see how things looked in the world. And if they weren't looking as good as they could do, I would go back in time from that point to a point in time in the future from now and try and change something then to try and make things better for me in the future. Now, I'm like, I'm stuck in some sort of, like... Inception no, stuff. That makes okay. sense to me. So he'd go back in time, invent a time machine, and then he'd take the time machine to the future. And if the future wasn't that great, he'd go further in the future until everything great. And he's okay. saying he wouldn't change the past because he shouldn't change the past. The past shouldn't be changed because it affects the way we are. So we just keep going forward until we find a suitable timeline. Boom. (laughs) But he did say, the only flaw in my plan is that I probably need to get a time machine that will enable me to travel into the future first, um, where there isn't a possibility. And in the end, he just basically said, you shouldn't worry about the past, you should focus more on changing your future. Which which I absolutely agree with. Actually, the, the flaw in our question is you can't change the past <laughs> you can only focus on what you can do in the future yes. your opinions are booming yeah i know i know, <laughs> I know that we're booming all over the show karina murray said personally i would have had kids earlier so uh she said i can't remember what made me decide not to have kids but when my unplanned baby arrived my world changed i know when my unplanned my actual planned baby arrived uh my world changed as well Old man. No worries. Um, I didn't say for the better. Um, <laughs> if I <laughs> boom, <laughs> if I, no, 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 that, 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 that's unfair. Your your birth um, certainly did change everything, and I I love the fact that you're a part of my life. Aww. Boom. Um, um, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I that was a premature boom. Um, so. Um, so Karina f- finishes. If I knew then what I know now, I would have had more kids. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, Charlotte Richards again went down a bit of a rabbit hole with this particular question. 
I've often thought this, but I wouldn't change anything. Because if I change something, it would mean I wouldn't end up where I am today. I think we hopefully learn from mistakes of the past. I think if I change one small thing, that would mean that I'd end up, I wouldn't be in a specific place at a specific time, and maybe not end up meeting my husband and subsequently having my twin girls. Maybe I'm looking too much into this. Never look too much into a question. I think you can. Um, yeah, I think you can. And to a certain extent, I think she's right. Like, thoughts are booming. Yeah. Okay. So Chris Bud came, came up with one. I'd, I'd have taken all funding for a sci- scientific research away from weapons and directed it into teleportation. I could be in, a, in Japan like boom. I know, boom. Um, <laughs> but there, there was. We have got a, a podcast interview coming up, which is uh, I'd. Um, take all uh, one of the questions we asked was if you were the supreme ruler in the world this is bernadette russell who answered this uh, if you were the supreme ruler of the world what one thing would you change and she said i'd turn all missile launchers into marshmallow launchers <laughs> which is quite a good suggestion quite a happy one John's got a bit serious on it. He said, absolute no-brainer. I'd go back to 2004-05, have a word with past me, and get my mum to tell herself to get checked out pronto. Nothing in the world's, world is more important than that. And if there are any listeners who are, like your podcast host, approaching their 40s... I'm, I'm over 40 now. I don't know why I said approaching. Yeah. Over 40, you should certainly get yourself checked out. Be kind to yourself and get yourself checked out a bit more often. Justin Gaffney, friend of the show, said, the ethical answer would be to travel back to a point in history where I, I'd had the chance to influence events and stop something terrible from happening. I would do so. However, chances are, even if I could travel back to the right time and place, would I have the state's authority to necessitate the change required to reorder the change of events? On a more personal note, if I could keep the knowledge and experience I now have and go back to the age of 21, I'd relive my younger adult life and try to avoid earlier mistakes, making wiser decisions with the power of hindsight. I think that you... I'm not convinced I'd do that. I think sometimes you've got to learn and go through the pain of having those mistakes to do that. And for the Kindness Project, um, uh, Kindness Story of the Week, it's about, again friend of the podcast um chris laney yeah. a story she shared with us and it's about guy and we'll put a, a link to the video on the um uh, kindness project website www.thekindnessproject.co.uk um uh, that you can see because this guy in world war ii uh-huh. saved just under 700 children um from being gassed in the gas chambers you know the nazis had yeah. a had a um a policy of killing Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And he saved 669 people yeah. from uh, being persecuted and being gassed by the Nazis. Um, and he went to a TV show to sit in the audience and every single one of them, um, every single one of the audience was a kiddie saved about 30 years ago. And literally to watch this man who saved lives... Um, watch as the TV host uh, asked um, can you stand up if this man saved your life and seeing an entire audience stand up yeah. is really emotional viewing it, it reminds me of it was 
there's another thing that happened in uh, World War Two, and there was this man, and um, he went. He was a soldier, but he refused to pick up a gun. And uh, he became a medic because, like, he didn't want to pick up a gun. He didn't want to fight. So he went on to the Hacksaw Ridge, I think it was, and it was one of the most dangerous battles. And loads of people were dying. Limbs were flying everywhere. Um, <laughs> and why, why are you laughing about flying limbs? <laughs> so it's relevant. Don't worry about it. It's just the look you're giving me. It's kind of. Like, oh. Um, and what he did is, when everyone else had abandoned this battlefield because too many people were dying and too many people were getting blown up and shot, um, he stayed and went around the battlefield, field, even though it was dangerous for him because he, one, didn't have a, have a weapon and two, didn't have a way to protect himself. He went around the, wep- uh, the battlefield and saved all the people who could be saved. Because yeah. everyone thought, oh, if you lost your legs, you can't move, you can't walk back, and carried them back gotcha. down the ridge. And he made this pulley system and took all these people down the ridge. He even sent some of the uh, some, some of the opposition who, who's, um, whose sides... Had abandoned them. Had yeah. abandoned them because they were too damaged to heal. So he sent them down to his... Uh, side. I didn't know that story. Is that what the film Hacksaw Ridge is about? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's about this this man. Oh, I'll have to have a look uh, at that. What's it, do you know what his name is? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, it's, it's worth a watch then. Yeah, it's Okay, so our, um, our film of the week, I didn't realise we had this session, <laughs> but our film of the week is uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which I'll be watching. Do you know whether it's on... It's on Netflix. ...or your streaming services choice? Well, I don't know if it's on the streaming service. I watched it on Netflix. I'm going to watch it on Netflix now, so thank you for that tip. Yep. And that is truly it for another Kindness Project podcast. So uh, do you want to say your goodbyes? Bye. See you next time. Bye.